Welcome to Nations of the World podcast series, where we explore a different nation of the world in each episode. Our aim is to bring you, the listener, on an audio journey to discover interesting facts that make each country unique. Welcome to Belarus Part 2. We'll be starting with Segment 2, Urbanism and Architecture. Major cities include Minsk, Gomel, Mogilev, and Grodno. The city of Polotsk is considered the geographical center of Europe. In honor of this, there is a monument in this ancient city. About 77.6% of the population is in urban settings, and 22.4% in rural settings. The population of the country is rather low except for the capital Minsk, which has about one-fifth of the population, about 2 million people, making it the 11th most populous city in Europe. The other area of significant settlement is in the southwest. Minsk is a sprawling modern city that was almost entirely rebuilt after its near destruction in World War II. It is a very green and clean city. In addition to numerous parks, here is the third largest botanical garden in the world. Compared to many large cities, there are very few traffic jams. Also surprising for big cities is that it's relatively quiet at night and there are relatively few nightclubs and bars. Public transport is always on time. The schedule is maintained with a possible deviation of a couple of minutes. With individual housing units largely limited to the suburbs and rural areas, apartment buildings are the most common form of housing in the cities. Many Soviet prefabricated apartment blocks survive today, although several new housing projects, especially in Minsk, have been constructed since independence. Most urban residents rent rather than own their apartments. Rents are subsidized and remain low, but the acute shortage of housing that existed during the Soviet period has continued to be a problem in the 21st century. One of the oldest surviving monuments of architecture in the country is the Cathedral of St. Sophia in Polatsk, dating from the 11th century and built in the Eastern Orthodox style. Other early buildings that remain are mostly ruins of stone fortresses of the 12th to 16th century. The 17th century marked the appearance of the Baroque style. By the 18th century, classical styles predominated in Belarus as seen in the governor's palace in Hrodna. Family and Households Until modern times, households based on extended kinship relations or zadruga or joint families were popular. The traditional zadruga household includes the father and all his sons living on one piece of land. Each married son would have his own hut, but the land, animals, and equipment were owned by the entire family. The family also worked and ate together. Private ownership was limited to personal belongings. Such extended family may have included as many as 50 members united under the authority of one senior. Interestingly, the family's head was not always the natural father or grandfather, and the extended family often included distant relatives or even strangers, who may have been adopted as family members. Labor invested in the farm, rather than blood relations, regulated the kin membership. A stranger could have become a family member temporarily, or for a lifetime, 
and in some situations could have acquired a status as the head of the extended household. Usually the father would assume the position of the family's head, and after his death any of the sons, usually the oldest, or his brother or even a stranger, could take up his position in the family. There was no official title of the position, although several folk terms exist. The kinship also regulated profit-sharing. If an adult member had been separated from the kin and had not contributed labor, he would not participate in profit-sharing. A son who was absent and did not contribute to the welfare of the kin would not get the same share as other family members, including those who were not blood-related. Some remains of this kin structure persisted until the Soviet times. The senior of the kin always directed the work of the men, while his wife took care of the women's activities. The father held the legal title to the property, but he was limited in the possibilities to sell or trade the family assets for as long as they were legal heirs. The custom was designed to protect the children in their rights to own property. When the property was sold, minors, after reaching the legal age, could have claimed the sold property as theirs. There are records that on several occasions courts ruled in their favor. With certain exceptions for unmarried daughters, men and women were equal to family property. Whatever they brought into the marriage remained theirs forever. Only the common investments were considered as family holdings. After the death of the spouse, the property went back to their legal heirs or was returned to the home of their origin. All money that a woman made from selling her garden products were her property, and the family had no right over such assets. Also, a daughter's earnings outside a farm, although handed over to the family, were her private property. The wife was not responsible for her husband's debts, but the husband was for his wife's. Belarusian married women enjoyed relative equality in decision-making and economic share. But daughters had no share in the family estates, and brothers were under the obligation to marry off their sisters. When they were only daughters in the family, they inherited the whole estate, and the husband of the eldest one was under obligation to take care of the younger until they married. In modern times, most families are small. The family spends summers at dakas, or country cottages, growing local produce. The practice of mushroom picking is very popular. A couple of traditions that stem from the past are still present today, and these are, the woman of the household is obligated to set the dinner table. It is exclusively a woman's job. A man would not interfere with this task as it could be considered degrading for him to do so. And next, children under the age of 14 traditionally have been under their mother's care and fathers would not interfere. Marriage Traditionally, marriage was a matter of mutual consent between the young, but the customs also required the consent of the families involved. Daughters enjoyed considerable freedom and had many opportunities to meet young men. Several times a year there were public gatherings in a larger village or town. The young couple had to live with the husband's family, and often marriage was a compromise. Both the bride and the groom were expected to contribute something to the marriage and the farm, and most often it was just labor. The most sought qualities of a woman were for her to be a good field worker and housekeeper. Personal beauty and wealth were of secondary importance. 
Belarusians require high moral qualities from their spouses, and virginity of the bride, and occasionally also the groom, was a prerequisite for marriage. The wedding was celebrated and both houses and expenses were shared. Divorce was also by mutual consent. Child-rearing Mothers can take paid maternity leave and paid sick days when their children are ill. Etiquette A traditional welcome for guests is the presenting of bread and salt. Bread and salt are part of an ancient and honored tradition. When important, respected, or admired guests arrive, they are presented with a loaf of bread placed on a rushnik, an embroidered cloth used for rituals or ceremonies. Each region has its own designs and patterns, with a hidden meaning passed down from generation to generation. A salt holder or a salt cellar is placed on top of the bread loaf or secured in a hole on the top of the loaf. The guest is expected to break off a piece of bread, salt it, and eat it. Bread and salt are also given to newly married couples by the parents of the bridegroom to bless the marriage. Shaking hands is the common form of greeting, and direct eye contact is the norm. If a man and woman do not already know each other, then they basically don't touch, even with a handshake. Hospitality is part of the Belarusian tradition. People are welcoming and friendly, and gifts are given to friends and business associates. Culture Belarusians tend to say what they mean and what they are thinking, but never directly to the person they are thinking about. People can be quite direct when asking for something, like when asking for something at the dinner table. It is usually phrased in a command rather than a question. The issue of personal space seems to blur with men, and they usually feel comfortable invading another space. If riding on a very crowded bus, no one complains at the close quarters and people will tolerate being packed like sardines. People also feel free talking to or dealing with other people's children. Between men and women in non-business situations, making a lot of eye contact may be misinterpreted as flirting or the like. On time means on time. However, inconveniences happen, so worker mishap is completely a part of the deal. Nobody tends to apologize, and these inconveniences are expected to be understood without explanation. It might seem that Belarusian would be the spoken language in Belarus, but it's actually Russian. Belarusian is only studied as a separate subject at school, while all other classes, as well as the official documentation, are conducted in Russian. Belarusians are big on superstition. A popular one is that you should never whistle in your house, or you'll blow all your money away. They also say that you shouldn't clean your house once a guest has left until they've reached their destination, or it's believed that you're clearing them out of your life for good. Belarusians are known to be humble, hardworking, very hospitable, and friendly people. One way to show this is by offering guests an abundance of food. Even after a meal, including dessert with coffee or tea, the female of the household will present you with even more food to take with you on your journey home. Belarusians take cleanliness seriously. It's rare to find rubbish on Belarusian streets. Cleanliness prevails everywhere from the largest town to the smallest village. This can be explained by the abundance of trash bins which are diligently used by citizens and the country's many street cleaners. 
In the 1960s, a steep decline in the birth rate started, and by the 1990s, it was at the rate it had been during World War II, partly because of the Chernobyl disaster and related social and economic problems. The birth rate continued to fall into the 21st century, while the death rate gradually climbed. These factors contributed to a steady decline in population during the two decades after independence. In response, the government offered incentives to women to have more children. In the early 21st century, more people, mainly Russians and other Eastern Europeans, were immigrating to Belarus than were leaving the country. Nevertheless, this net gain in migrants did not offset the overall population decline. Gender roles in Belarus remain very traditional. Men are considered the more powerful gender and as breadwinners, while women are required to take care of the children and household. Women also tend to do most of the light agricultural work, such as planting and weeding. Men will do the heavy work, such as cutting grass or plowing. This traditional structure is slowly changing, and women are beginning to gain more recognition and power. The gay movement is also slowly entering the region, although with some opposition. Men occupy all top positions in various spheres of the economy and politics. After some gains, a considerable decline in the professional and social status of women has been observed recently. Belarusian women are the least protected social group on the job market, and their unemployment rate is around 65%. Part of the gender inequality problem is that Belarusian women do not identify their rights and interests as specifically women's issues. Many Belarusians do not see social injustice in the low status of women, and so do not protest the situation. Since 1991, the first appearance of feminist initiative arose. In 2000, There were more than 20 women's organizations registered by the Ministry of Justice in Belarus. The traditional Belarusian dress originates from the Kievan Rus period. Due to the cool climate, clothing was designed to conserve body heat and were usually made from flax or wool. They were decorated with ornate patterns influenced by the neighboring cultures, Poles, Lithuanians, Latvians, Russians, and other European nations. Each region of Belarus has developed specific design patterns. One ornamental pattern common in early dresses currently decorates the hoist of the Belarusian national flag, adopted in a disputed referendum in 1995. Crime and Legal Issues 18 is the legal drinking age. Young people do drink, and at 14 years of age it is not uncommon for there to be smoking and drinking. There are strong penalties for drug abuse, marijuana, and heavier narcotics for those over 16, possibly prison, but for those younger, there are only fines and they are sent home. Belarus has a moderate rate of street crime. Criminal activity in Minsk is comparable to the level found in other large cities, while in rural areas it's very limited. Though violent crime against foreigners is rare, criminals have been known to use force if met with resistance from victims. Common street crimes such as mugging and pocket-picking occurs most frequently near public transportation venues, near hotels frequented by foreigners, and or at night in poorly lit areas. In Minsk, you should be especially alert in metro and bus stations. 
Visiting nightclubs, you should pay particular attention to your surroundings and drinks. The drugging of drinks is not uncommon. Prostitutes at hotels may attempt to open hotel room doors in search of customers. Local and transnational organized criminal activity also exists in Belarus. Most casinos and adult clubs are operated by criminal elements, but street-level organized criminal violence is rare and does not generally affect foreigners. Carjacking is also rare, but theft of vehicle parts and car vandalism is not. Sport utility and luxury vehicles tend to be the most sought after. Parking in a secure area overnight is highly recommended. Sexual assaults on women are as commonplace in Minsk as they are in most large urban areas in the United States. Women are advised to exercise the same caution as they would in any large city in the United States. Keep a copy of your passport in a separate location from your original passport. Internet dating schemes and cybercrime. Internet brides are advertised on several websites and are not always legitimate. Often, potential suitors in the United States lose thousands of dollars when they send money to people they have never met and never hear from again. A growing variant on this theme is the suitor invited to Belarus to visit a friend who arranges lodging and transportation for him at hugely inflated prices and disappears when the money has changed hands. Cybercrime of all kinds is well-developed in Belarus. Merchandise orders with fraudulent credit cards, ID theft, hacking blackmail schemes, and advanced fee fraud are gaining in popularity. If you are doing business with persons or firms in Belarus electronically, you should proceed with extreme caution. You should avoid using credit and debit cards, except at ATMs located inside major banks. Not only is electronic fraud common at ATMs and grocery stores, but serious injuries have been inflicted during assaults at street-side ATMs. Please note that transferring funds from abroad, replacing stolen traveler's checks or airline tickets, or canceling credit cards can be difficult and time-consuming, especially due to the lack of English-speaking tourist agencies and an undeveloped tourism industry in Belarus. Doing Business Typical dress for men is suits and ties, like in most places. Black and gray are popular. Dark colors and even dark shirts with dark ties are acceptable. For women, conservative is best with mid-length skirts and jackets. Some color in blouses is okay, but very toned down or conservative. When it comes to titles, there is something called imya ochestva which is basically that one's middle name is a variation of their father's first or given name. For men, the ending would be Ovich, and for women, Yevna. For example, Sergeyevich, if the father's name were Sergei, or maybe Alexeyevna, if her father's name was Alexei. The Ochestva is used in place of Mr. or Mrs. in all respectful social interactions. Even if people have known each other for years, they will call each other by their first name and the Ochistva. If you were to meet the president, you would not call him Mr. Lukashenko, but rather you would greet him by saying exactly Strasvitya, which is the polite form of hello, Alexander Gregorovich. It is best to arrive on time for a meeting, even though you may be kept waiting. 
business meetings tend to be quite structured. The leader or host speaks and runs the meeting per plan. The plan is presented for the meeting, and it is usually followed to the last line, and then the meeting is adjourned. Important decisions can take a while, but simple decisions should be made on the spot. It used to be that people would talk things to death and possibly even then never reach a decision, but is becoming more straightforward now. Avoid hard-selling tactics and any sort of conflict or confrontation. At the market and some stores, it is possible to negotiate, but basically the price is the price. This means that you can ask to receive more or to pay less, but doing so can mean humiliating the seller. That doesn't mean it doesn't happen, but it is offensive to bargain someone down without a real reason. Gifts usually mean corruption, so it's best to avoid any gifts at the initial meetings. Education Education is compulsory from ages 7 to 16. The state runs affordable kindergarten. Primary school is completed by 100% of the population. School enrollment for primary and secondary education is at 100%, and the literacy rate is 99.7%. Institutions of higher learning include the Belarusian State University, the Belarus State Economic University, and the Minsk State Linguistic University, all in Minsk. There are several other universities and medical, pedagogical, technological, and agricultural institutes as well. The National Academy of Sciences of Belarus is the chief scientific organization in the country and is headquartered in Minsk. More than 10% of the population continue their education at universities. Grades are usually given on a scale of 1 to 10, where 8 is very good and 5 or 6 is average. To receive a 9 or 10 means extra special work has been done. 9s are more possible to achieve for good students and ending the year with all nines or better means qualifying as otlichniki, or with honors. Lecture is the most common form of teaching, and working in groups is also done. Students tend to dress upscale casual at most schools. Jeans are normal but often black before blue, and shirts with buttons before t-shirts. It is common for women to wear short skirts and tight tops. In many areas, sexy is considered fashionable. Healthcare. Managed by the government and funded through taxation, healthcare ostensibly is available at no cost to all Belarusians. Most medical services are provided by publicly owned facilities, although some private medical practices and clinics have emerged. In rural areas, primary healthcare is provided by health posts or health stations. The health posts are staffed by nurses, midwives, or other paramedical personnel, while the health stations have physicians on staff. Urban areas are served by polyclinics, or facilities that combine the functions of a hospital outpatient department and a general practitioner health center. During the Soviet years, inadequate training and technology contributed to a system that has failed to meet many basic medical needs in independent Belarus. Some healthcare facilities have been modernized, but many lack up-to-date equipment. Moreover, the incidence of infectious diseases has increased considerably since independence. A notable public health problem is the rise of HIV-AIDS infections. 
a substantial proportion of which are linked to intravenous drug use. In addition to subsidizing health care, the Belarusian government provides substantial welfare benefits, such as pensions and maternity leaves to its citizens. Medical care in Belarus is neither modern nor easily accessible, especially for those who do not speak Russian. There are no hospitals in Belarus that provide a level of medical care equal to that of Western hospitals. Despite the recent emergence of facilities which offer private, advanced medical services, modern diagnostic equipment and even basic supplies are still lacking. Traumatic injuries are especially serious as the level of care and competence to deal with them are well below U.S. standards. Ambulances are poorly equipped and unreliable. A wait time of 30 minutes or more is not unusual. The fastest way to secure Western-level care is medical evacuation to Western Europe. You should consider purchasing medical evacuation insurance prior to travel or have access to substantial credit to cover evacuation costs. There are no air ambulance services in Belarus. Local health insurance for non-residents is required for all visitors by the government and may be purchased at points of entry. Tuberculosis is an increasingly serious health concern in Belarus. The infant mortality rate is 3.31 deaths per 1,000 live births. The mortality rate for children under 5 is 3 out of 1,000 live births. The obesity rate is 24.5%. Life expectancy. It is 68.6 years for males and 79.7 years for females. Food. Belarusian cuisine incorporates locally grown crops, with potatoes being the featured item, meat, particularly pork, and bread. Foods are usually either slowly cooked or stewed. Typically, Belarusians eat a light breakfast and two hearty meals later in the day. Wheat and rye bread are consumed in Belarus, but rye is more plentiful because conditions are too harsh for growing wheat. Belarusian specialties include borscht, a soup made with beets, and served hot with sour cream, pickled berries, and mochanka, a thick soup mixed with lard and served with pancakes. Well-known dairy products are cheese and a fermented cheese called sear. Kvass is a traditional drink made from fermented bread, and compote is a berry juice. Vodka is typically the drink of choice, although beer has become popular, especially among younger drinkers. Black tea and coffee are favorite drinks. Belarus can be considered balba land or potato land. Belarusians can make at least 300 different recipes with potatoes. They often spend time in the country's many forests collecting mushrooms to use in soups and other dishes. Belarus is famous for its variety of sweets, both authentic Belarusian and those from the Soviet era. Zephyr, chocolate candies, glazed cranberry, hushchenka, and glazed curd bars are popular among residents and guests from neighboring countries. Zephyr is a sweet like a marshmallow and is made from apple puree, berry puree, and egg whites and sugar. It is then coated in a delicious milk chocolate. Belarusian skuschenka, a sweet condensed milk, is also very tasty. Two cities, Rogachev and Glubakoya, 
compete in producing this product, with Belarusians split into two groups, those who like Skuschenka from Rogachev and those who prefer Skuschenka from Glubakoya. Some popular dishes. Zur or Zurek. This is a traditional Polish soup characterized by its distinctively sour taste, which comes from sour leavening or the fermentation of bread and rye flour. The soup also contains meats, such as sausages, bacon, or ham, and vegetables, such as potatoes and mushrooms. Although it is extremely popular throughout Poland, each region has its own version of the dish. It is sometimes served in an edible bowl made of bread, and it's common to add halves of hard-boiled eggs on top of the soup as garnish. Zurek is traditionally prepared and consumed during Easter. Lozanki is the Belarusian and Polish name used for a type of pasta, and the dish named after the pasta. The pasta dough is made with wheat, rye, or buckwheat flour, water, salt, and oil. The flattened dough is shaped into squares or triangles, boiled, then combined with lard and onions, which are typically added on top of the pasta. Lazanki pasta was introduced to Belarus in the 16th century. During Lent, the pasta is enriched with the addition of mashed berries or ground poppy seeds. The dish can also be combined with meat, cabbage, or sour cream to enhance the flavors and make it more substantial. In that case, lasanki is traditionally baked in pots and topped with grated cheese until it develops a golden brown color. Haluski is the incredibly soft variety of potato dumplings, usually associated with Slovakia and the Czech Republic. The dough is created with grated raw potatoes and flour. They're typically cooked with the batter spread on a wooden board, and then small pieces of dough are cut and dropped directly into the boiling water. Another, more modern approach employs a special haluski strainer through which the batter is gently pressed and dropped into water, creating tiny dumplings in the process. Both techniques result in irregularly shaped dumplings which have a soft texture and pale color. They're usually served alongside traditional meat dishes. Draniki is the most typical dish in Belarus. These potato pancakes are made with a combination of flour, potatoes, milk, salt, eggs, pepper, onions, and butter. The combination is fried in a pan until golden brown on both sides. If desired, the potato pancakes can also be fried in the oven. They're traditionally served with a large dollop of sour cream on the side. Additional sides can include mushrooms, poppy seeds, pork crackling, or even fruit. Borscht soup is a beet soup with other vegetables such as onions, carrots, turnips, cabbage, and potatoes. This is combined with tomato paste, beef stock, sugar, vinegar, and salt and pepper. It is served hot and most often topped with a dollop of sour cream. Kaladnik is a cold beet soup that has been a staple of Belarusian cuisine since the late 18th century. It is made with boiled beets mixed with kefir, cucumbers, spring onions, and dill. The soup is traditionally served with a dollop of sour cream, a sprinkle of chopped dill, and often a hard-boiled egg on top. This refreshing summer favorite has a distinctive pink color and a fresh, sour taste that is perfectly contrasted by a side of boiled potatoes. 
There are also slight variations of kaladnik in Polish and Lithuanian cuisine, known simply as cold soup in both countries. Kvas is an ancient traditional Russian beverage made from buckwheat meal, wheat, rye, rye bread, or barley, but it can be made from any ingredient that can be fermented. It has a relatively low alcoholic content, from 7 tenths to 2%, as a result of the natural fermentation process, but it is classified as a non-alcoholic beverage in Russia. Some versions, especially commercial brands that are sometimes artificially fermented, do not contain alcohol. The origins of kvass are associated with Kievan Rus, a federation that eventually became an area of three large nations, Russia, Belarus, and Ukraine. Black tea and coffee are generally available with meals and in cafes. Soft drinks, fruit juices, and mineral waters are widely available. Arts Literature Literary activity in Belarus dates to the 11th century. In the 12th century, St. Cyril of Turah wrote sermons and hymns. In the 16th century, Francis Gorina translated the Bible into Belarusian and wrote extensive explanatory introductions to each book. His editions, produced in Prague, now in the Czech Republic, were the first printed books not only in Belarus, but in the whole of Eastern Europe. In the 17th century, poet Simeon Polotsky was the first to bring Baroque literary style to Moscow. Modern Belarusian literature originated in the 19th century, with a sense of national identity. V. Dunin Marcinkovich, a poet and playwright, was the most dominant figure of the times. He developed literary forms new to Belarus, such as the idol, ballad, and comedy, and significantly influenced the formation of the literature, dramatic art, and spiritual culture of Belarusians. Belarusian literature flourished in the 20th century. Key figures were Yakub Kolas and Yanka Kupala, both poets, novelists, playwrights, critics, publicists, public figures, and founders of the modern Belarusian literature and language. Of crucial importance for an understanding of the Belarusian cultural predicament in the face of war and revolution are Kupala's play, The Locals, and Haretsky's short novel, Two Souls. Many outstanding poets and prose writers made their mark in the 1920s, including the poets Vladimir Dibovka and Yasep Pushka. The novelist Kuzma Chorny and the satirist and playwright Kondrat Krapiva. Pusha's literary polemics with the poet Andrei Alexandrovich at the end of the 1920s led to tighter political control over Belarusian cultural activities. Most noteworthy of the writers to preserve and develop the Belarusian literary tradition in the 40s and 50s are the poets Pimen Panchaka and Arkady Kulyashov and the prose writers Yanka Bril, Ivan Shamyakin, and Ivan Melez. Other well-known writers of the late 20th and early 21st centuries are Svetlana Alexeyevich, whose Voices from Chernobyl was translated into English in 2005, Volha Ipatova, a prominent poet and novelist, and the poet Slavomir Adamovich, whose poem Kill the President, led to his imprisonment in 1996 through 1997. 
several prominent Belarusian writers left the country in the late 20th and early 21st centuries because of the political climate. They included Bukow and Ales Adamovich, both well-known for their works on the Soviet-German conflict during World War II. Graphic Arts The Vitebsk School played a major role in developing the Belarusian national art in the early 20th century. The best internationally known member of the school was Mark Chagall, who was born near Vitebsk. He emigrated in 1922 and subsequently lived in France, Mexico, and the United States. Often his works depict scenes of his native Vitebsk and Jewish life in a Belarusian town. Since the 1980s, decorative and applied arts have been revived. Ceramics, glass, batik, and especially tapestry are popular. Folk art, like weaving from straw, is gaining prominence as well. Music Folk music is part of the culture in Belarus. There was also a considerable tradition of church music from the 16th century on. Folk influences still inspire many Belarusian composers, and there are many folk music festivals and competitions held annually. Many amateur ensembles of national song and dance, folklore groups, and ensembles of the folklore scenic form take part in those cultural events. The development of classical music largely has been a feature of the period since World War II. Among the most notable composers is Kulikovich Schilau, who, like some writers, went into exile after the war. Since 2004, Belarus has sent artists to compete in the Eurovision Song Contest. Electronic dance music has become popular more recently. Rock music which first developed in the Belarusian language in the 1990s, is also big in Belarus, but the government often views it as politically inappropriate protest music. Dance Belarus has the National Academic Opera and Ballet Theater, as well as the State Musical Comedy Theater and State Symphonic Concert Orchestra. Belarusian opera and ballet are well-known and admired internationally. Performing art centers are found in big cities like Minsk, which has a thriving cultural scene with opera, ballet, theaters, puppet theater, and a circus. Brest also has a renowned puppet theater. Puppet theater has played a major role in shaping national theatrical traditions. During the 18th century, several aristocratic families sponsored their own theaters, and in the 20th century, many new theaters emerged. Today, the most famous are the State Theater of Musical Comedy, the Gorky State Theater, and the theater studio of the film actor in Minsk. Belarusian cinematography tends to focus on heroic and romantic genres, as well as the psychology of characters. Belarusian directors are particularly known for their animated films. Celebrations and Holidays Secular holidays include New Year's Day on January 1st, International Women's Day on March 8th, Labor Day on May 1st, which is celebrating the significance of the contribution of the working class and including a parade of citizens, Victory Day on May 9th, commemorating the victory over Nazi Germany in 1945, Independence Day on July 3rd, signifying the liberation of Minsk from the Nazi troops during World War II, most Soviet holidays are still commemorated, especially Victory Day, May 9th. 
the October Revolution holiday, commemorating victory of the 1917 Bolshevik Revolution in Russia, is celebrated on November 7. Festivals in Belarus include the Menestrel Guitar Music Festival, the International Festival of Arts in Vitsyebsk, which celebrates Slavic music, the Arts for Children and Youth Festival, and the Lipstapad International Film Festival. Belarusians also celebrate traditional Slavic festivals, like Kupala Night, which celebrates the summer solstice and involves fun-filled water fights. Another Slavic festival is Ziadi, which honors ancestors who have passed away. Families eat ritual feasts and set extra plates for their ancestors. Among the most important religious holidays are Easter, Christmas, and Days of Remembrance. Russian Orthodox Easter is celebrated sometime between late March and early May, and the difference between Orthodox Easter and Catholic Easter may be up to six weeks. Roman Catholic Easter varies according to a lunar calendar. Russian Orthodox Christmas is celebrated on the 5th of January, and Roman Catholics celebrate on December 25th. Russian Orthodox practitioners observe Radownitsa, Remembrance Day, on April 28th, and Roman Catholics celebrate All Souls Day on the 2nd of November. Sports Popular sports include football, gymnastics, skiing, biathlon, ice hockey, tennis, fencing, wrestling, volleyball, handball, swimming, chess, and checkers. Football is more popular than hockey, but in hockey the income is much higher. For such a small country, its sports achievements are impressive. Moreover, these achievements are in very different sports. Biathlon, freestyle, football, rowing, wrestling, light and heavy athletics, shooting, swimming, and rhythmic gymnastics. Transportation Belarus has a good railway network that is headed by major interregional railways that crisscross the country. Roads in Belarus are generally in good condition, but modern cars share the highways with tractors, horse-drawn carts, and pedestrians. Drunk driving is also common, even with a zero-tolerance law. Ice and snow in the winter months pose an added hazard. Should you get involved in an automobile accident, report it immediately to the road police and remain at the scene until after the police arrive and complete the investigation. You may leave the scene of an accident only if you believe your personal safety is in danger. The country's main highway connects to the city of Brest in the west to Minsk and the Russian border in the east. There are also good road connections between the capital and all regional centers. Buses operate throughout the country. The city of Minsk is served by an extensive mass transit system that includes buses, streetcars, and an underground railway known as the Minsk Metro. Minsk National Airport, also called Minsk II, is located about 25 miles or 40 kilometers east of the city. A domestic airport for smaller planes located within the city serves Belarusian regions and Moscow. There are roughly 65 airports throughout the country. Communications The state-owned telecommunications company of Belarus is the sole provider of fixed-line telephone service. Mobile phones are used much more extensively, however. Though privately owned, mobile phone companies in Belarus are subject to government oversight. 
In addition, opposition groups have reported that at times the government has monitored or interfered in individuals' cell phone communications. And on occasion, officials have confiscated mobile phones belonging to Belarusians suspected of criminal or anti-government activities. The government also monitors and regulates Internet usage, which increased steadily during the opening years of the 21st century. There is international connection through fiber optic and terrestrial link, nascent satellite system. It imports broadcasting equipment from China. The media are heavily controlled by the government, with some outlets serving as state organs. The main opposition newspapers are Narodnaya Volya, or The People's Will, in Belarusian and Russian, and Nasha Niva, which means Our Field, in Belarusian. The government determines where these papers may be sold. There are only a handful of Belarusian television channels, and access to Western channels is minimal. Polish and Russian TV broadcasts are available in some areas. Radio stations are mostly government-operated, with five national networks and an external service. Russian and Polish radio broadcasts are available, and European Radio for Belarus is an independent satellite station that has been in operation since 2005. There are 46.9 out of 100 inhabitants who are subscribers to a fixed telephone line. There are 122.5 out of 100 inhabitants who are subscribers to a mobile cellular. Internet users are 79% of the population. Broadband fixed subscribers are at 33.9 out of 100 inhabitants. Energy 100% of the population has access to electricity. The long-time president opposes privatization of state enterprises. So the energy sector is owned and operated by the government, and the president holds the exclusive right to make all strategic decisions. The electricity sector is operated by a single vertically integrated national energy company, Bell Energo, while gas distribution is handled by Bell Top Gas. The government believes that having control over the entire energy sector will guarantee a secure and stable energy supply. Because of its modest natural resources, Belarus relies on imports from Russia to meet most of its energy needs. Belarus is also an important part of Russia's gas transit corridor to Western Europe, and matters related to natural gas transit, such as infrastructure, system operations, tariff structure, and technical services, are established in a bilateral agreement with Russia's Gazprom. Nearly all electricity is generated at thermal power stations using piped oil and natural gas, with about 96% from fossil fuels. However, there is some local use of peat, and there are a few low-capacity hydroelectric power plants. In the early 21st century, Belarus began construction of its first nuclear power plant. The Lithuanian government strenuously objected to the plant, which was located less than 15 miles or 24 kilometers from the Lithuanian border. The country produces and exports oil and imports oil. It has 198 million BBL of oil reserves, and it produces and imports natural gas but doesn't export any. It has 2.8 billion cubic meters of natural gas reserves. 
The country has gas, oil, and refined product pipelines. It has four merchant marine vessels. Travel Minsk is the most economically developed city in the country. It is the industrial and educational center of Belarus. The transportation system is well-developed with buses, trams, and a metro system. It is a green city with more than 844,000 trees. There are 54 bridges which cross the Svislok River, which runs through the city. The city has been given the title Hero City for its ability to make a comeback every time it's been devastated. Independent Square in Minsk is 7 hectares, or 17 acres. To the north of the capital is the Minsk Sea, which is an artificially created reservoir. Along the edges you will find sandy beaches, cafes, and restaurants. You can rent a paddleboat or pedalo, or even a catamaran. Beristyle Archaeological Museum This stands on an important archaeological site outside the city of Brest, which dates from the 13th century. The site is that of a former wooden town that was excavated in the 1960s and turned into a museum in the 1980s, when a roof was placed over the site. Visitors to the area can observe 28 traditional log cabins, in addition to 1,400 period artifacts from the region that give an amazing glimpse of life in Belarus in the days of old. Polotsk It is known for being the oldest city in Belarus, having first been mentioned in the year 862. It has many heritage buildings to explore. The Cathedral of St. Sophia dates from the medieval period and was restored over the years in the Baroque style, and there are several cultural museums of note in the city. You will find the Museum of Traditional Weaving and the Museum of Belarus Printing. Brest Railway Museum is a quirky and whimsical spot in the town of Brest and has 56 trains featuring locomotives, steam cranes, diesel trains, and even a snowplow. The museum opened in 2002 to showcase train travel in Belarus and is the first open-air museum in the country. There are various festivals held at the location, so check the listings when you go to see what's on throughout the year. Hero Fortress previously the Brest Fortress, was a fortress that was under siege during the World War II German invasion, where tens of thousands of German troops hammered the fortress, which held strong thanks to a garrison of civilians and military who were nearly able to turn back the assault but was eventually overtaken, and much of it destroyed or damaged during the siege. The site is now protected as a major war memorial, distinguished by its brutalist concrete statues and architecture. Today, much of the defense is preserved, just as it was after the war, with the crumbling walls and bullet holes intact. Among the stunning and powerful sights are the massive star-shaped gate, a memorial known as Thirst, that shows a sickly soldier getting a drink of river water, and the main monument which takes the form of an imperious stone giant. The main museum also holds a wealth of displays telling the story of the fortress. Dudutki Here you will find the Dudutki Ethnological Museum Complex, which will take you back in time in the history and folklore of Belarus. The museum complex features local handicrafts, 
and offers a glimpse into the local traditions of the people of Belarus. You can learn how ancient horseshoes were made, watch local potters in action, demonstrations of ceramics making and blacksmithing, and you can even stay on site at one of the period guest houses that feature traditional Belarus saunas. Another big draw at the museum complex is the creamery, which features traditional cheeses and cheese-making techniques that allow you to sample the local fare. And there is a bistro where you can enjoy a typical Belarus meal. You'll be offered fresh salo or cured pork fat with garlic, pickles dipped in honey and homemade samahan, which is moonshine. There are stables and you can go horseback riding. There is a vintage car museum and romantic courtyards to explore at your leisure. You might even enjoy a sleigh ride in the winter. Braslav Lake Area Here, there are approximately 300 lakes that are known as the Blue Necklace of Belarus due to their azure waters. It is also a rugged countryside with bays and cliffs. The lakes contain over 30 species of fish. Birdwatching is a common pastime, as well as hiking and climbing. This site is what is left of an ancient glacier, and as a result, you will see boulders left over, some of which weigh 40 tons. The most famous of these rocks have names such as Devil's Footprint and Cow's Stone, due to their size and shape. Pripyatsky National Park lies in a valley that is also known as the Belarus Amazon, due to the number of forests and swamps found here. Visitors flock to the park for the sheer diversity of wildlife. The photography safaris are a popular activity. There are 51 species of mammals in the park. There are over 250 species of birds that migrate to the Pripyat River. You can take a boat tour to observe the aquatic life up close. You can also visit the Nature Museum on site. Marc Chagall Art Center. This was established in 1992 and has about 300 of Chagall's graphic works, mostly bequeathed to the museum by the artist's granddaughters and a German donor, Heinrich Mandel. Less than one quarter of the collection is on display at any given time. The highlights are several collections of lithographs, including illustrations of Bible stories drawn to accompany Gogol's Dead Souls and graphic representations of the Twelve Tribes of Israel. Sadly, there aren't more of Chagall paintings in Belarus because his work was banned by the Soviet government. It even rejected a priceless cache of paintings bequeathed to it by the artist himself. Across the town's river, a good 20-minute walk away from Chagall Art Center, is the Marc Chagall House Museum, where the artist lived as a child for 13 years between 1897 and 1910, a period beautifully evoked in his autobiography, My Life. The simple, small house survived the war and was converted into a museum in 1996. It contains photographs of Chagall and his family, various possessions of theirs, and some period furniture. It leads out into a large garden and is very evocative of a simple Jewish-Russian childhood. Call ahead to arrange a tour of the house in English. There are four UNESCO World Heritage Sites. Architectural, Residential, and Cultural Complex of the Radziwill Family at Nezviz, located in central Belarus. The Radziwill dynasty built and kept the ensemble from the 16th century until 1939. 
The complex consists of the residential castle and the mausoleum church of Corpus Christi with their setting. The castle has ten interconnected buildings, which developed as an architectural whole around a six-sided courtyard. The palaces and church became important prototypes, marking the development of architecture throughout Central Europe and Russia. Mir Castle Complex The construction of this castle began at the end of the 15th century in Gothic style. It was subsequently extended and reconstructed, first in the Renaissance and then in the Baroque style. After being abandoned for nearly a century and suffering severe damage during the Napoleonic period, the castle was restored at the end of the 19th century with the addition of several other elements and the landscaping of the surrounding area as a park. Its present form is graphic testimony to its often turbulent history. Visitors to the castle can enjoy a stroll in the stunning flower gardens that are designed in the Italian style, as well as the vast artificial lake on the property. The castle offers a spectacular look at some of the best architecture in Belarus. The Struve Geodetic Arc This is a chain of survey triangulations stretching from Hammerfest in Norway to the Black Sea through 10 countries and over 2,820 kilometers. These are points of a survey carried out between 1816 and 1855 by the astronomer Friedrich George Wilhelm Struve, which represented the first accurate measuring of a long segment of a meridian. This helped to establish the exact size and shape of the planet and marked an important step in the development of Earth sciences and topographic mapping. It is an extraordinary example of scientific collaboration among scientists from different countries and of collaboration between monarchs for a scientific cause. The original arc consisted of 258 main triangles with 265 main station points. The listed site includes 34 of the original station points with different markings, such as a drilled hole in a rock, iron cross, cairns, or built obelisks. The Bieloieza Forest is a UNESCO World Heritage Site and an EU Natura 2000 Special Area of Conservation. It is Europe's largest and oldest forest. It covers a total of 141,885 hectares, or over 350,000 acres. It is located on the border between Poland and Belarus. The Bialowieza National Park in Poland was inscribed on the list in 1979 and extended to include Belovezhskaya Pusha in Belarus in 1992. It was preserved for centuries as the private hunting forest of first the Polish kings and later the Russian Tsars. This property includes a complex of lowland forests that are characteristics of the Central European Mixed Forests terrestrial ecoregion. The area has exceptional conservation significance due to the scale of its old-growth forests, which include extensive undisturbed areas where natural processes are ongoing. A consequence is the richness in dead wood, standing and on the ground, and consequently a high diversity of fungi and saproxylic invertebrates. There are more than 1,000 giant trees and 1,000 plant species, some that don't exist anywhere else in the world. Some oak trees growing in this forest are more than 600 years old. 
The property protects a diverse and rich wildlife, of which 59 mammal species and over 250 bird, 13 amphibian, 7 reptile, and over 12,000 invertebrate species. Some of these include semi-wild horses, known as conic, wild boar, and the Eurasian elk. Most notably, it's home to 800 European bison, Europe's largest animal. It was brought back from the brink of extinction in the early 50s, when two European bisons were released into the Bieloieza forest. This accounts for almost 25% of the total world's population and over 30% of free-living animals. What other significance in history does this forest hold? On December 8th of 1991, the leaders of Belarus, Russia, and Ukraine signed the agreement for the dissolution of the Soviet Union in a hunting lodge in this forest. A travel advisory from the United States State Department issued on October 12, 2021 states, Do not travel to Belarus due to the arbitrary enforcement of laws, risk of detention, and COVID-19 and related entry restrictions. Country Summary Belarusian authorities have detained tens of thousands of individuals, including U.S. citizens, for alleged affiliations with opposition parties and alleged participation in political demonstrations. U.S. citizens in the vicinity of the demonstrations have been arrested. Some have been victims of harassment and or mistreatment by Belarusian officials. The Belarusian authorities have targeted individuals associated with independent and foreign media. On May 23rd, the Belarusian authorities forced the landing of a commercial aircraft transiting Belarusian airspace to arrest an opposition journalist who was a passenger. Belarus enforces special restrictions on dual U.S.-Belarusian nationals and may refuse to acknowledge dual U.S.-Belarusian nationals' U.S. citizenship, including denying or delaying U.S. consular assistance to detained dual nationals. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention has issued a Level 4 travel health notice for Belarus due to COVID-19, indicating a very high level of COVID-19 in the country. There are restrictions in place affecting U.S. citizen entry into Belarus. The Federal Aviation Administration, or FAA, has issued an advisory notice to exercise extreme caution when flying into, out of, or over the Minsk flight information region. Segment 3, Who is? Simon Kuznets. He became the first Belarusian to win a Nobel Prize. He won the Nobel Prize for Economics in 1971. There are a total of five Nobel Prize winners from the country, including Simon Kuznets, Svetlana Alexievich, Menachem Began, Shimon Perez, and Zoras Ivanovich Alfarov. Zoras Ivanovich Alfarov is a Belarusian, Soviet, and Russian physicist and academic who contributed significantly to the creation of modern heterostructure physics and electronics. He is the inventor of the heterotransistor and the winner of 2000 Nobel Prize in Physics. He is also a Russian politician and has been a member of the Russian state parliament, the Duma, since 1995. Lately, he has become one of the most influential members of the Communist Party of the Russian Federation. Gary Vaynerchuk is co-founder and CEO of a social media brand consulting agency, video blogger, 
co-owner and director of operations of a wine retail store, and an author and public speaker about social media, brand building, and e-commerce. Vanyarchuk immigrated to the United States in 1978 and moved with his family to Edison, New Jersey. After graduating from Mount Ida College in Newton, Massachusetts, he transformed his father's Springfield Township, Union County, New Jersey liquor store into a retail wine store named Wine Library, and in 2006 started the video blog Wine Library TV, a daily internet webcast about wine. In August of 2011, Vanyarchuk announced he would be stepping away from his daily wine video series to focus his attention on Vanyar Media, the social media brand consulting agency he co-founded in the spring of 2009. Mark Chagall He was born on July 7, 1887, in Vitebsk, Belorussia, of the Russian Empire, which is now Belarus. From 1907 to 1910, he studied in St. Petersburg at the Imperial Society for the Protection of the Arts. His first solo show was held in 1914 at Der Sturm Gallery in Berlin. Chagall visited Russia in 1914 and was prevented from returning to Paris by the outbreak of war. He settled in Vitebsk, where he was appointed Commissar for Art in 1918. He founded the Vitebsk Popular Art School and directed it until disagreements with the suprematists resulted in his resignation in 1920. He moved to Moscow and executed his first stage designs for the State Jewish Chamber Theater there. After a sojourn in Berlin, Chagall returned to Paris in 1923. During the 1930s, he traveled to Palestine, the Netherlands, Spain, Poland, and Italy. During World War II, Chagall fled to the United States. The Museum of Modern Art in New York gave him a retrospective in 1946. He settled permanently in France in 1948 and exhibited in Paris, Amsterdam, and London. In 1951, he visited Israel and executed his first sculptures. The following year, the artist traveled in Greece and Italy. During the 1960s, Chagall continued to travel widely, often in association with large-scale commissions that he received. His works and various media include sets for plays and ballets, etchings illustrating the Bible, and stained-glass windows. Among these were windows for the synagogue of the Hadassah University Medical Center in Jerusalem, a ceiling for the Paris Opera, a window for the United Nations Building in New York, murals for the Metropolitan Opera House in New York, and windows for the Cathedral in Metz, France. An exhibition of the artist's work from 1967 to 77 was held at the Musée de Louvre in Paris in 1977 through 78, and a major retrospective was held at the Philadelphia Museum of Art in 1985. Chagall died on March 28, 1985, in St. Paul de Vence, France. Segment 4. Who Would Have Thought? Belarus is famous for its city of Polotsk, which is considered the geographical center of Europe. Its love of potatoes. The national cuisine includes over 300 potato recipes. Its production of agricultural and forestry vehicles, in particular its tractors. 
It produces the largest dump truck in the world, weighing 360 tons, with the height of its wheels at 4 meters, and it costs about $10 million. Interesting info. The capital, Minsk, has been destroyed eight times in European history, but it was rebuilt each time and proudly stands today as the most developed city in Belarus. The longest street in Belarus is Independence Avenue, which is about nine miles long. Its name has been changed at least 14 times throughout history. Belarus received about 60% of the contamination that fell on the former Soviet Union from the Chernobyl disaster in 1986. Belarus also has the distinction of printing one of the first ever Bibles. This was done in 1517 in Prague. The National Library of Belarus, also known as the Diamond of Knowledge, has 23 floors and is 74 meters high and has a viewing deck from the top. It contains 8 million items, and each day more than 2,200 users, and it delivers 12,000 documents a day. It was founded on September 15, 1922. Every city in Belarus has a Lenin Street, named after Vladimir Lenin, a Russian communist revolutionary, politician, and political theorist. The death penalty has been completely abolished in all European countries except for Belarus. Belarus is one of the poorest countries in Europe by total wealth. It is the last country in Europe run by a dictator. It is the country with the lowest unemployment rate in Europe. Although Belarus is a country with no natural mountains, it has impressive artificial salt mountains that have been formed by mining for rock salt. These can be seen particularly in the areas near the city of Soligorsk. In Belarus, every second child, instead of wanting to be an astronaut, wants to become a programmer. Here, the profession is very prestigious, and the salaries of programmers are higher than in all the neighboring countries, while the average salary is one of the lowest in Europe. It is the Silicon Valley of Eastern Europe. About 10 years ago, the high-tech park was created here, where about 170 companies and 27,000 IT specialists now work. Among the IT companies, it is worth to mention EPAM, which is registered on the New York Stock Exchange, with an annual turnover of more than $1 million. Wargaming Company, which created the popular game World of Tanks, now has 6,000 employees and 120 million users worldwide. The app Viber is now the third most popular messenger after Facebook Messenger and WhatsApp, and was bought out by the Japanese e-commerce giant Rakuten for $900,000. The Masquerade app, which puts animated masks on your face, was also created in Belarus. Having 10 million downloads, it was bought by Facebook in 2016. There are many casinos in Belarus. When gambling was banned in Russia, a lot of casinos were opened in Belarus which is one of the reasons so many Russians come here. According to the number of treasures found during the year, Belarus has traditionally been ahead of all Europe. There were so many large and small wars on the territory of the country that it is difficult to calculate them. Therefore, there is a reason to believe that the Belarusian land hides many more treasures, which just wait to be discovered. The monuments of Lenin were not removed here. 
such monuments are still the only sites of many small towns. Belarus is the only country of the former USSR that has restored the Soviet flag with minor changes. In Brest, there is a museum of confiscated art. This has an extraordinary display of mostly 17th to 18th century icons, jewelry, antique furniture, and Chinese porcelain seized from smugglers trying to get them across the border to Poland during the 1990s. Items on display are of unknown origin, hence their display in a museum rather than a return to their rightful owners. Thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed Part 2 of Belarus and my Nations of the World podcast series. Next time we'll learn about a country which is also known as the Battlefield of Europe, because the country served as a battlefield between many European powers and during the two world wars. Maybe due to the pains of war, it recognized the need for diplomacy. Now the capital city Brussels is considered a center of the world economy and diplomacy. With headquarters of the European Union, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, and other organizations located in the city. It is known for its many beautiful sites, as well as being the originator of many inventions. Maybe you know it as the chocolate capital? Think Godiva. We will learn more about each of these topics and many more in this upcoming episode, Belgium. I'm excited to share that in under seven months, I have thousands of listeners from all over the world, in 78 different countries. If you are enjoying the series, please consider leaving a review for Nations of the World podcast on Apple Podcasts. You can also help to support my work by making a small contribution on Patreon. You can find me there at patreon.com slash nations of the world. With your review on Apple Podcasts, I will give you a shout out in my next episode. If you contribute on Patreon at the first level, you will get a shout-out in my next episode, and you will have the chance to submit a question you'd like to have answered in one of my upcoming podcasts. This can be a question about how I plan or produce my show, or it can be a question to be answered in one of my upcoming episodes about a particular country. If you contribute on Patreon at the second level, You'll receive the shout-out and question submittal, along with free access to all the episodes electronically in ebook format. These ebooks range in size from about 10,000 to 25,000 words each. You can also just purchase a single ebook in the series on Amazon in the Kindle ebook section for just 99 cents. You can find them by searching for the country name followed by Nations of the World. Thank you again for listening to my podcasts. Without your interest in the show, I would have no reason to continue producing more episodes. I have many exciting ideas on how to expand the show, which I can't wait to get to in the future. I also look forward to hearing from and interacting with my listeners to get some input, advice, and ideas on how to improve the show. Gaining knowledge about other people and their culture is often the best way to understanding who they are and why they do things a certain way. This in turn can make us less fearful of differences and hopefully more accepting. Let's face it, we're all human and we all share the same world.